0: Hello everyone, I am Jacob Educate and you are listening to the IMJ podcast. Stay tuned. Today's message seeks to deal with the issue of God's justice and His faithfulness. Majority of Christendom have commonly quoted the phrase the just shall live by faith and this phrase is very important in christendom because it was a phrase that was very key to the protestant reformation some of us over 500 years ago and one of the key players of the the reformation martin luther had this to say that night and day I pondered until I saw the connection between the justice of God and the statement "The just shall live by faith Martin Luther was facing a conundrum he was asking questions of the establishment and it was there that it occurred to him that there is a connection between the the justice of God and the statement, the just shall live by faith. It was there that he grasped the, the justice of God and that righteousness was by faith and not by works. And so this led him to push on for the reformation that we are saved by faith and not by our works and so we ask ourselves this question where did uh, martin luther coast where did he quote these this particular statement from where did he make this statement because Martin Luther was not the original uh, creator of this phrase he quoted someone he quoted Apostle Paul and he quoted Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 Romans 1 16 and 17 and it says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For in in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. To faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, Martin Luther is quoting from Paul. And if we read carefully the verses, if we consider carefully the verses of Romans uh, 1 16 and 17, Paul makes use of this statement before saying the just shall live by faith in verse 17 as it is written as it is written means that paul also quoted from another source and in the time of paul the known scripture was the old testament that we know now what we call the old testament that was the scripture to paul the law the prophets and the writings and so paul makes a quote of an old testament prophet and he quoted the old testament prophet habakkuk and so martin luther quotes paul paul who quotes habakkuk so if we want to understand the real meaning the, the, the deeper context of the phrase the just shall live by faith who do we go to we have to go to the source of the quote which is Habakkuk now according to Sig- Sigveit Tonstad an Adventist scholar he has this to say about this particular quotation he says that neither the hebrew bible nor the septuagint supports the translation the righteous live by their faith habakkuk 2 4 or the wording of the mainstream bible translations into english indeed The choice of wording in most of the translations of Habakkuk betrays the translator's desire to put words into Habakkuk's mouth that will fit what the same translators assume Paul to be saying as when he quotes the Old Testament prophet in Romans. And so what he's trying to say is that instead of Paul quoting Habakkuk the translation was made in a way as if Habakkuk was quoting the words of Paul and so to understand better this verse it's best for us to go back to the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk to understand what he meant By the just shall live by faith. And so we begin with the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1. And Habakkuk chapter 1 begins with a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. It says, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Habakkuk saw a burden and this is the opening of the 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 the, the book he saw a burden and in verse 2 he asks god questions O lord how long shall i cry and you shall not hear even cry out to you violence and you shall not save why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me; there is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous; therefore, perverse ju- judgment pre- proceeds. And so, Habakkuk is—he's—he's he's surprised. He's. He is not in a good mood, he's seen a burden, and so Habakkuk is bewildered. And he's asking questions of God. How long will he cry that God will not hear him? He's crying out to God and he's not having answers. He's he's crying violence and God is not listening to him. Just as we ask questions of God. And we cry out to God, and God does not give us answers. And it seems that God is not listening to our prayers. It seems that He He, he is negligent of, his, negligent of His duties. And so this leads the, the Prophet Abakub to ask questions because he's seeing that the situation is not good. The situation of of Israel is not good. And he he is he's, he's asking the question of God that do something take action you know I've been, I've been calling upon you you are, not, you are not giving me any answer and then from verse 5 God gives an answer and how does God reply he says look among the nations and watch be utterly astounded astounded for I will work a work in your, way, in your days, which you will not believe. Though it were told you, for indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than the evening wolves their chargers charge ahead their, cal- their cavalry comes from afar they fly as the eagle that hastens to eat they all come for violence their faces are set like the east wind they gather captives like sand they scoff at kings and princes are scorned by them they deride every stronghold For they keep up mounds of earth and seize it, and then his mind changes, and he transgresses. He commits offense, imputing this power to his God. This is the response that God gives to Habakkuk. So Habakkuk asks God, God, how long? How long will you not answer? How long will 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 injustice, will oppression go on? Will violence go on? you will not answer but what does god say god keeps long to answer but when god finally answers his answer is look the situation is going to get worse and this is ironic because when we ask of god when we pray we expect it to 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 go well but there are times when god gives the answer like he's giving to a backhoe, is going to get worse. Ever remember praying for somebody who was sick, hoping that God will answer your prayer, but no, the person dies instead. And so, all this leads us to to, to seek for questions: that God, are you there? Are you alive? Do you really exist? If you exist, why are you not doing something? Why are you not uh, operating a miracle? Why are you not causing a revival? And so this leads us to, to, to be angry with God and ask questions. but God continues their dialogue with Habakkuk. And Habakkuk asks God from verse twelve, "Are you not from the everlasting? O oh Lord, my God, my holy One, we shall not die, O oh Lord." You have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours? One more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea? Like creeping things that have no ruler over them they take up all of them with a hook they catch them in their net and gather them in in their dragnet therefore they rejoice and are glad therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet because by them their share is sumptuous and their food to shall they therefore empty their net and pity and continue to slay nations without pity and so god habakkuk is asking you know god are you not the holy one god are you not the rock you understand why are you allowing the evil to to prevail why is it that injustice is going on? Why is it that oppression is going on? Why is that violence is going on? And yet, you are not doing anything. Yet, you say that you've given the power to the evil one. What is going on? And so Habakkuk is, 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 is angry. He's, he, you can see here a prophet who is who is not happy with, with the, the, the response he's gotten from God. And so Habakkuk is wondering that, God, what what is happening? I am seeing everything in disarray. Everything is in chaos. Why? You know, why? And so God also responds. God responds. Or Habakkuk keeps on with the dialogue. From chapter 2, he says... I will stand my watch and set myself on the ramparts and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, This is verse 2 of chapter 2. The Lord answers me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end of it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. This is where we reach the point where God has told Habakkuk that, or it is written, that the just shall live by his faith. And so, this is the, the response of God to Habakkuk, that, wait, I have a solution. You might be angry with me, you might think that I have neglected my duties, I have neglected my, 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 my job, I have vacated my position, and things are in disarray, and there is evil and there is violence. But wait, my solution is not your solution. Perhaps Habakkuk might have been wanting God to act on the issue of violence. But God's ways are not our ways. We as human beings have our ways of answering violence with violence. And this is mostly the case in most of the Hollywood movies that we watch. The issue of superheroes or the heroes of the Hollywood movies where the bad person or the bad people have weapons and a plan and they kill people and the response is to give the good people weapons and a plan. so. It's like to answer violence with violence. But no, God has a different plan. God has a different way of working. And God says that he has a solution. But he, told, he tells Habakkuk, Wait, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, he will speak. He said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. He may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So, we ask ourselves this question. What is God's solution to the the issue of injustice? The issue of sin? The issue of the darkness of this world? Jesus Christ. God knew that he had a plan. And that land was Jesus Christ who died on the mountain of Golgata of Calvary. And it was there for everybody to see. His name was put on the tablet. It was there to see that this is the Messiah. Whilst human beings expect that God will act by paying violence with violence, what did God do? God's plan was to calm down, take upon human flesh, and give in to violence. When Peter attempted to uh, to use the sword, perhaps Peter's aim was to behead the man the soldier but being a fisherman and not a professional soldier a professional swordsman he could only get the ear and Jesus had this philosophy that those who die by those who live by the sword die by the sword and he always kept on telling his disciples about forgiveness if someone slaps you, you turn the other side to him. This is uh, is God's response to evil. And so, whilst we might be expecting God to do something, the evil people are here. God, come down and deal with them. And this was even the expectation of 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 the disciples of the Jews that a Messiah was to come. And deal with the evil Roman Empire those who were oppressing them but no he came as a humble man and gave himself unto death and was allowed himself to be abused and in the end died for the sins of the world and so God had a solution which was Jesus Christ and so here now let's go back to the the phrase "The just shall live by his faith so is God saying over here or is the text implying that the just shall live by his own faith his own faith whilst the Bible in Ephesians 2 8 to 9, says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this faith is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so, we learn that faith is not of our own doing, and this is what has led the scholars of the Book of Romans to go back to re-study the meaning of this quotation: "The just shall live by faith." And they found that majority of the the, the English versions that we are having have been wrongly translated. And Ellen White, in her book Education, even makes a quote that faith that enables us to receive god's gift is itself a gift and in her book faith and works she says the danger has been presented to me again and again of entertaining as a people false ideas of justification by faith i have been shown for years that satan will work in a special manner to confuse the mind on this point the law of God has been largely dwelt upon and he ha- and has been presented to congregations as destitute of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his relation to the law or to righteousness as was the offering of Cain there is not a point that leads to be dwelt upon More earnestly, repeated more frequently, or established more firmly in the minds of all than the impossibility of fallen man meriting anything by his own best good works. And so are we saying that it is God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's salvation? But my faith because this is what we are trying to establish that faith in itself is a gift from God and so in the translation of the just shall live by faith it was done wrongly, and there is a better translation, and if we go back to the, the book of Romans, the Greek word used there is Pistis Christou, which is literally faith Christ. And this is technically in the objective genitive. It was translated into the objective genitive. In the objective genitive, the object is the the, the owner of of the faith. So in that, the faith belongs to who? To me. In the objective genitive. But if we switch it to the subjective genitive, it makes the subject the owner of the faith. So, in this case, it becomes what? The faith of God. So, let's let's try to fix it into into, uh, Habakkuk 2 verse 4. God's faithfulness. And let's compare it and let's see how it sounds. God's faithfulness. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by God's faithfulness. Compare this to the just shall live by his faith and the just shall live by God's faithfulness. The just shall live by God's faithfulness, and we see pistis Christou all through the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter two, from verse from verse fourteen, from verse fourteen. You know. Galatians chapter 2 relates a story of Peter. Peter was eating, you know, he, he was eating with the Gentiles. They were having a good time. And then the Jews came. When the Jews came, Peter got up from them and went to join the Jews. And, you know, now he left the Gentiles. And was sitting with the Jews now, because in those days uh, the, the 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 Jews had created an inclusive, an exclusive "we," a "them versus us" spirit. You know, whereas God had called the the nation of Israel to have evangelized to its neighbors, to be the light that spreads the gospel to its neighbors. Instead, they created a wall with the Torah, with the writings of Moses and other laws, and were creating uh, an us versus them. And so, Paul comes to meet Peter, and he scolds him, he gives him a scolding, you know, So let's go through the story there in Galatians 2 from verse 11. It says, But when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For therefore, certain men came from James. He would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision and the rest of the Jews also played hypocrite with him, and so even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? we who are jews by nature and not sinners by gentiles knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ even we have believed in jesus christ that we might be justified by faith in jesus christ and not by the works of the law but for by the works of the law No flesh shall be justified. Now, notice here faith in Jesus Christ, Pistis Christu. Now, if we translate Pistis Christu into the the subjective genitive, as we established earlier, we will get the faith or the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, not the faithfulness in Jesus Christ. That makes jesus christ the owner of the faithfulness so jesus faithfulness is bigger than our faithfulness that's how it puts it and so let's let's put it into into this context you know subjective genitive knowing that a man is not justified by the law but by the faithfulness of jesus christ even we have believed in jesus christ that we might be justified by the faithfulness of christ and not in the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified how does it sound now so this 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 makes it god's faith or christ's faith so the love is Christ's, the mercy is Christ, the grace is Christ, and the faith is also Christ. Pistis Christu, the faith is Christ's. Verse seventeen. But if we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Over here, Paul is saying that look at this this world that we have created with the Torah. Paul, as a Jew, had a way of viewing the writings of Moses, the Torah and now Paul has come to a knowledge of Christ that the faith is of Christ. And so his view of the Torah is now a different perspective which puts the Torah or which puts the faith as the uh, uh, as which puts Christ as the owner of the faith. Christ becomes the one who justifies. Whereas in the old way he was reading, he was justified by his works. And so what lesson do we take from this? That we are not justified by our works. For, and so if Paul writes on a, uh, on a wall transgressor to the Gentiles, When you flip the other side of the wall, Paul himself is a transgressor. And that was what he was saying, that we are writing, we are showing the Gentiles that they are transgressors of the law. But are we even keeping the law as we should? You, Peter, you are being a hypocrite. Are you keeping the law as you should? And so this is what the point Paul is trying to establish here. And this was why he scolded Peter for his hypocrisy and the Jews for their hypocrisy. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. And the law here is talking about the writings of Moses. Because it doesn't make sense to put the Ten Commandments here. For I, through the Ten Commandments, died to the Ten Commandments, that I might live to God. It doesn't make sense here. Verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, for if righteousness comes through my own faith, my own righteousness then Christ died in vain Christ died in vain and so what are we trying to establish here that the justice is God's justice so we ask ourselves this question is it my faith Is it my love? Is it my mercy? Is it my power? Or is it God's love, God's mercy, God's grace and my faith? Or is it God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's salvation and God's faith, God's faithfulness? And so this this is... A very 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 big question for us to answer it is by god's faith look the scripture as we read it the bigger picture the bigger picture of scripture is not us the bigger story of of scripture is not about us it's not about our story but it is god's story whatever we have whatever love whether love our love our kindness our our, our 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 whatever we have is a faint reflection of god's bigness so the idea that god also has faith is a strange idea but let's go to corinthians 13 corinthians 13 where we talk about god is god 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 is love you know god's love supports all and and everything we even talk about god having faith god having faith and first john first john chapter 4 verse 8 says god is love god is love and when we go to the book of corinthians when we go to, to the to the book of of corinthians first corinthians chapter chapter 13 talks of the greatest gift you know it talks of the greatest gift love love suffers love suffers long and is kind and love does not envy and love does not parade itself love does not behave rudely love does not rejoice love bears all things believes all things and hopes all things endures all things love believes all things and so if god is love and 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 god believes all things who is the biggest believer here it's God because the word "belief" and faith can be used interchangeably and if God is the bigger believer in the universe what is our belief or what is our faith in comparison to God who is the bigger believer in the whole universe God is the bigger believer in you God is the one who believes in you for not what you are, but what you can be. He doesn't see you as what you are, but he can see you for what you can be. He sees you as a perfect person. When God met with uh, 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 people who had sinned, people who were struggling with sin, like the prostitutes, God saw her for what she could have been, for what, for what she, 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 she would have been in the future. God did not see her as that prostitute, but could see a potential of somebody who is a repentant person. And that is how God sees us. God sees us as in the perfection or in the righteousness that we can be in Him. And so we ask ourselves this question if the love is God's if the mercy is God's if the grace is God's is the faith not also God's you know and so this is a time where we have to relook our theology where we need to shake off some things off uh, and 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 recognize that even our faith is God's our faith is a gift from God and so we shake it off and and, 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 and we, we remove those leanings that we have that that makes us think that well the love is God the mercy is God the grace is God but uh, I have to do something that will give me merit for salvation because salvation is not by our merit It's not by our our faithfulness do we even have faithfulness our faithfulness is a faint reflection of god's faithfulness and so what is god trying to tell habakkuk over here god is trying to tell the prophet habakkuk that yes there, there, there is a crisis. There is darkness. There is violence. There is oppression. There is injustice. There, there is chaos. But wait. What is going to happen is that I'm coming with a solution, which is Jesus Christ. And that the just shall live by my faithfulness. The just shall live by my faithfulness. I am faithful. You, 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 you may think that I, I have abandoned you. You may think that I have, I have neglected my, my job. But wait, I am still faithful. And you will be saved by my faithfulness. And for those in the last days who are going to prevail, who are going to be called the saints of God, in Revelation 14, 12, it says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He didn't say, here are those, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Because the faith belongs to Jesus, meaning that it is Jesus Christ who is coming to clothe them with that righteousness. He is the one who is going to help them to prevail. He is the one who is going to give them the victory. It is not by their strength that they are going to prevail. They are going to, be, to prevail because they are committed to that Jesus. And that Jesus has the faith. He has the righteousness and he is going to cover them with that righteousness. It is good for us to have faith. It is good for us to be kind it is good for us to 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 show love it is good for us to show mercy but we have to remember that there is the bigger love we have the bigger mercy, the bigger grace the bigger faith which is God's faith our faith is only a reflection of God's faith it's just like the relationship between the moon and the sun the moon and the sun both give light but the moon gives light because it is reflecting the light of the sun and the the, the, or the, 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 the the earth and the sun the earth rotates around the sun and not the sun rotating around the earth and that is how God's faith Is the bigger faith, and ours is just a reflection of faith. And so, the whole point of this message is that the just shall live by God's faithfulness. And so, to conclude, The love is God's, the mercy is God's, the power is God's, the salvation is God's, and the faith is also God's. The just shall live by God's faithfulness.